0: Today on The News and Why It Matters, Democrats have officially filed uh, the articles of impeachment and given us a little bit more information on these very, very high crimes and misdemeanors that President Trump has committed. Uh, Also, FBI Director Chris Wray reacts to the IG report, and uh, Trump has a little bit of not so nice things to say back to him. We've got a lot coming up. It's a big show, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stuber here, Josh Hammer. I, 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 I like to just wait for a second and give him the awkward pause.
1: I'm, I'll sit here all day
2: just <Really>? <Huff>. Hello, Sarah. Is that
0: awkward? <laughs> See, I knew I was just waiting for someone else to feel awkward enough to say something. Uh, Josh Hammer, editor at of The Daily Wire. Josh Hammer and uh, Blaze Media critic Rob Eno. Thanks, guys, for being here. Got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Uh, American Financing is uh, it's your go-to if you want to take advantage of the low interest rates right now and you have you know maybe a refi that you're looking to do maybe you just want to go buy a new home like myself my family we're like Let's take advantage of this and, uh, you know, hop on this low interest rate and go get a new home. So we're in the process of doing that. Uh, American financing, they are the ones who are salary based, not commission based. So they're not going to like put you in some crazy scheme that's going to get you that's going to get you nowhere, maybe homeless, and it's going to get them uh, the biggest kickback from the financial institutions. That's not them. Uh, American financing, they are the ones who will not get your legs broken in an alley. I feel like they appreciate that. That, that, I feel like that's a good motto. Mm -hmm. It should stick, I think. They are the ones who will not get your legs broken in an alley, uh, (laughs) like Stu here, who asked them, hey, will you do like this really insanely irresponsible loan that makes no sense for anyone sane to do? And they were like, no mm. we're not that's not smart and we highly advise that, that you don't do that
1: i don't even like losing uh, using my legs and they still <laughs> <would do.
0: laughs> seriously though uh, you can go to americanfinancing.net you can trust them to put you in the right situation for you and your family americanfinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440 house democrats Finally, the moment we've all been waiting for, they have introduced two articles of impeachment uh, against President Donald J. Trump. I can't wait to get you guys' thoughts. But first, I apologize to the audience in advance. I am going to have to make you suffer through a little bit of uh, Jerry Nadler introducing the articles of impeachment. Watch.
3: Today, in service to our duty to the Constitution and to our country... The House Committee on the Judiciary is introducing two articles of impeachment charging the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. The first article is for abuse of power. It is an impeachable offense for the President to exercise the powers of his public office to obtain an improper personal benefit while ignoring or injuring The national interest. Second article of impeachment for obstruction of Congress. Here, too, we see a familiar pattern in President Trump's misconduct. A president who declares himself above accountability, above the American people, and above Congress's power of impeachment, which is meant to protect against threats to our democratic institutions, is a president who sees himself as above the law.
0: Now, the definition of what is an impeachable offense, right, in our documents are, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, bribery, treason, well, there's one more. High crimes and misdemeanors. Well, I thought there was another one with the actual specific one. So bribery, treason, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Right. I wasn't aware that abuse of power or obstruction of congress was a crime
4: i mean maladministration which is what this abuse of uh, abuse of power is is getting to was actually specifically yeah. debated in the constitutional convention it's something that they had in the united kingdom where our impeachment mm-hmm. laws come from and they said no we shouldn't do this mm-hmm. because of this and then the other stupid one right is the the obstruction of congress so the president of the united states the executive part of a co- one co-equal branch of government is supposed to be impeached for not getting along and not doing what one half of another co-equal branch of government told him to do like that's what we're impeaching on it, yes. it's it's the most <laughs> the
0: answer is yes okay that's yes, right i just want to make sure yes. that that's
4: i i don't know what timeline i'm living on i don't know where <laughs> i am but it's not like a sane one mm. still so, i mean
1: this is Embarrassing, <laughs> flatly embarrassing, is it not? Yeah, I and mean, they really, were talking yeah. about having seven articles of con- uh, of, uh, of impeachment. I mean, at where one do, point. What happened to bribery? Right. Like right. bribery, they, right. they tested the bribery thing. That didn't play. Apparently mm-hmm. they went through this entire Mueller investigation and pulled nothing out of that. Remember, they were telling us they were going to impeach just over that. Uh, They get over the hump. They're in the impeachment hearings. They don't pull anything out of uh, out of the Mueller report at all. Um, I mean, the second one to me is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, this has been decided by the courts over and over and over and over again. And where, you know, the aides that are close to the president that work with him regularly have absolute immunity from being forced to, to come testify in front of Congress. Um, now, there are some exceptions to that, but you have to go through court to get through them if they don't show up. Right. Um, this has been granted not only by, uh, you know, court after court after court, but has been reinforced by both the Obama administration, the Clinton administration, and I believe seven other administrations. This is, like, the, the Congress one is so completely ridiculous that they can't, I can't even imagine they think it's legitimate. Um, I, I, it just, I feel like they couldn't go to the table with, well, we only have one. So they decided to go with this. Um, and, you know, abuse of power, I mean, you can argue it, I guess. But, I mean, I just don't think it rises. Can you, though? I mean, I mean it's it, abuse of power, it's fine. No, but, I mean, hi, Josh, you could speak to this probably better than I can. It's yeah. not really, like, legitimate on the book's crimes, right? Right. So the phrase high crimes and misdemeanors,
2: which they deliberately chose after, as Rob points out, they rejected maladministration. They chose this English common law term of art high crimes and misdemeanors. Alexander Hamilton tells us in Federalist 65 quite clearly that it refers to an abuse or violation of the public trust. So that is the argument that this phone call amounted to that. But it quite clearly does not. And I, I, a few takeaways. The first takeaway for me is what Stu said. The bribery, the Mueller report, like, what happened to that? I mean, mm-hmm. like, they were they were just, like, poll testing it, kind of, like, putting, mm-hmm. licking their finger, holding it up, seeing <laughs> see which way the wind would blow, and then just, like, got rid of it. So comical how that, how that was nowhere to be found. On the abuse of PowerPoint Here's the deal. To cite the Federalist Papers once again, James Madison tells us in Federalist 51 that the separation of powers was there to ensure that ambition could counteract ambition. The political branches are not supposed to get along with one another. They're actually supposed to, like, duke it out in, like, MMA or boxing style. <laughs> no, they, they really are. The, the, the framework- they are
0: way too old for that. <laughs> well, right. well,
2: apparently not Joe Biden. He's not too old. I mean, he was getting to, to some fisticuffs with this old fat guy in Iowa, apparently. But, no, in general, like that is the way it's supposed to work. And each branch has tools. They have checks and balances and various tools to accomplish that. Impeachment to be clear, is a tool, but it is the most powerful and extreme tool. And it's an inherently anti-democratic, anti-majoritarian tool that really should be reserved for the worst of the worst. So they have many other tools at their disposal. They could defund presidential prerogatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as far on, this, on the second article of impeachment, on this congressional point, this is the fourth time that articles of impeachment, I believe, have been drafted. We had President Johnson, President Nixon, President Clinton. This is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, or someone else, I, I think this is the first time that there has been widespread subpoenaing of executive branch officials. So there's really no p- precedent for this. And then in the past, to the extent that that's happened, we've waited for a judicial order to mm-hmm. back up the subpoena, yeah. which has not happened this time. So this is nonsense. It, it, I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. It's pulling underwater in swing states. It's going to redound to Republicans' benefit, I think.
0: Well, that's why, um, you know, you brought up you, they have the ability— Congress the house could have gone to a judge and said okay we want you to make these people testify and they would have had to do that i mean i guess they could have appealed but if they lost their appeal they they would have had to do that what's that an extra month
1: yeah i mean this is essentially turley's argument when he uh, was there last week testifying like look this if you want this to be a serious impeachment process then make it a serious impeachment process like yes it is something in the constitution that we all as conservatives completely respect the mm-hmm. process um, but not the way they're doing it. Um, and I think that that, that kind of backs it out to like, what are they attempting here? What is what are they trying to do? It's so hard to understand. It really is. And, you know, I've, I've bounced this around a bunch of times. I mean, like, obviously, you think when you're going for impeachment, you're going for the removal of the president because you think it's this, you know, this a serious offense. I don't, think it's our, I don't think it's possible to argue that's what the Democrats are trying to do here. The only thing I can come up with with their actual strategy is to be able to say to the AOCs, to the activist crowd, we got your impeachment done. Yeah, they sure they buried it around Christmas and no one was really paying attention. But at least we got that done. We checked that box. We can use it in ads. Of course, it's not going to get overturned in the Senate, but it's not really a serious effort. It's essentially a marketing tool to brand the president as bad guy. Um, and they
4: will accomplish that, I suppose. Really? Uh, well, they. I mean, to a certain, than, to to the to AOCs, yeah, to the yeah. AOCs, okay. to the, I mean, they, they, my my leftist friends on on Twitter that I you know uses my barometer are all. Ugh. Oh yeah, this is the greatest thing. I, I have friends in real life that I like, and we argue on Twitter and in, in Facebook. I know we're odd, but. Ugh. We still go out and have beers. I know, it's weird. was <laughs> <Sarah's
2: laughs> disgusting.
4: But, yeah, I can't Ugh. believe that. Ugh. But anyways. I'm kidding. But, but those, the, the, those folks think that this is, like, big, that 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 obstruction of Congress is something that you should be able to do. But then there's people on the left. That there are now, we're seeing, left-wing activist groups, the progressive activist groups, you know, sorosync type groups, um, although I mentioned his name, probably not supposed to do that, but those type <laughs> of groups that are like, well, no, 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 you were supposed to impeach him on, like, bribery and all these other high crimes and misdemeanors that he really did. To Stu's point, this is all about checking the box, getting something over to the Senate. And what they've done now is they've opened themselves up, right? Because we have all these people saying, oh, there's nothing but the Ukraine, and, and that's all, you know, bunk. Mm-hmm. Ted Cruz said today, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to look at all of this in the trial because it, it centers around what happened in the Ukraine during the Obama administration. And the Republicans and the, the media is going to say, Ah, oh, no, there's nothing there. But they're going to bring out the evidence that Glenn's been bringing out, that we've been bringing out at Blaze TV, that Rudy Giuliani's been bringing out. They're going to bring that evidence out. And I don't think the Democrats are ready because they've been conditioned to think it's not real.
0: You, so you think that the Democrats actually in Congress don't believe that this is real? Or you just say the average American Democrat doesn't think that anything going in Ukraine. I,
4: I think going that going the, I Ukraine think Israel. that the Democrats in Congress have told themselves that this isn't real that this they they believe their own propaganda they because they watch you know the the tv and they get i mean see the, i the dirty secret is Politicians don't know what other people don't tell them. I mean, that they're, they're not the smartest people in the world. They kind of do what other people tell them to do.
0: See, but I wonder if it's more of the, they are the elitists who have been able to stay you know, above the law for so long that they just think that they're just above the law and they won't ever get caught for anything that they do.
4: I think the shifts of the world and those people, but I think your rank-and-file member is mm-hmm. like somebody that like used to join the Rotary Club and was nice and thought it'd be nice to be a congressman and lets all the groups tell them, what legislation to file, and then goes back home and goes to chicken dinners. That's adorably optimistic. (laughs) I thought it was adorably pessimistic (laughs) because I'm like Bain and don't think anybody, but yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) All right. uh, Speaking of all of this, uh, you know, what the, how deep it goes and how we've got all of these officials talking about, oh, Ukraine was just a conspiracy theory. Don't worry about it. Uh, Up next, we've got FBI Director Chris Ray. I should say, current FBI director Chris Ray, uh, who reacts to the IG report and to Ukraine when we come back) <laughs> FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, he gave an exclusive interview to ABC News in response to the uh, IG report that just came out. Which Josh, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on since you were not here yesterday when we discussed no. it. Would love to get your thoughts on it. But uh, so Christopher Wray he kind of gave mixed mixed feelings about it. He said. Uh, that the actions described in this report were considered unacceptable and unrepresentative of who we are, the FBI, as an institution. Uh, But he said it was important that the inspector general found that in this particular instance, the investigation was opened with appropriate predication and authorization. Um, Now, he did say every error and omission is something we need to take very seriously, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will take all of these errors, these oopsies. Uh, and omissions very very seriously he also had this to say about uh interference in the united states elections
3: well look there's all kinds of people saying all kinds of things out there uh i think it's important for the american people to be thoughtful consumers of information uh, to think about the sources of it and to think about the support and predication for what they hear and and we recently heard from the president himself that he wanted the crowd strike portion of uh, this whole uh, conspiracy in the Ukraine investigated. And, I, and I'm hearing you say there's no evidence to support that, as far as you know. As I said, we have no, we at the FBI have no information that would indicate that the Ukraine tried to interfere in the 2016 presidential election.
0: So um, I guess my question uh, still to you is how does the FBI not have access to the documents that someone like you know Glenn Beck would have access to?
1: Well, first of all, you'd have to subscribe to Blaze TV. Um, Christopher <laughs> would we'll get you a discounted membership. Let's
0: uh, see, I think we could get him a free one. one. Yeah.
1: Really? Wow! Are we legally able to do Let's go crazy! Let's go crazy! Volumes. This drives me nuts because they're and Ted Cruz tried to make this point. On, conflating on the CrowdStrike thing, Chuck right? Todd. Like you know, first of all. The CrowdStrike thing is a conspiracy right. theory, and it is Donald Trump, largely his fault for yes. keeping it in the conversation because he keeps saying it when everyone else is like, yeah, but well, that didn't amount to anything, um, which is really frustrating, I think, because there is stuff in Ukraine that is, is serious. Like, for example, the Black Ledger being, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, think about it. if you go through an election cycle where maybe the biggest story of the entire election cycle would be the, you know, the head of one of the campaigns of the two candidates uh, being uh, not only, uh, you know, dismissed and, into controversy, but then being thrown in prison. I mean, like that's like the biggest story of any cycle for us. It's like uh, we barely even remember it. Um, but this is this was something that was uh, that two people in Ukraine were convicted for uh, for leaking and trying to affect the elections. It's not to say that Ukraine was involved at some level is not to say that Russia wasn't. Mm-hmm. Russia did do all these things. We have incredible amounts of detail down to the individual Bitcoin addresses. They were transferring money around down to individual IP addresses where this was coming from. Russia had a larger, more systematic approach to this than Ukraine did. However, Ukraine also did some crap. The, there were people from the DNC who were involved in it. Um, you know, there, it is a, uh, you know, obviously the Biden part of it is, 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 is not related to the election, but related to uh, uh, other co- uh, corruption. This is not something to just dismiss. And every time a, an, a, an authority figure like that says, well, we have nothing, it's just another excuse to try to dismiss all of this with the same broad stroke. It's, it's not fair and it's not accurate. And that's the bigger issue.
0: Yeah, Josh and Rob, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, but I want to throw in the tweet from President Trump. He responded to uh, FBI Director Chris Ray's Comments. He said, I don't know what report current director of the FBI Christopher Wray was reading, (laughs) but it sure wasn't the one given to me. With that kind of attitude, he will never be able to fix the FBI, which is badly broken, despite having some of the greatest men and women working there. Uh, I feel like there's a reason he said current.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, like, not, not so subtle.
0: Yeah, it's just laying that out there. It which,
1: was Jerry Jones who said that Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. <laughs> 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 Didn't say what team he'd just be with. I wouldn't say it's a vote of confidence. Just
0: saying. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, can you blame him? Because I get the crowd strike thing, but... Chris Ray could have been a lot better with his word choice. I mean, he specifically said, we don't have any evidence that Ukraine interfered in our election.
2: Yeah, this is the exact same back and forth that Ted Cruz and Chuck Todd had on Meet the Press this past Sunday. I mean, we're just talking past each other, okay? Mm -hmm. Two things can be true at once. On the one Mm -hmm. hand, Ukraine did not engage in a Vladimir Putin esque top down Kremlin governmental effort. To meddle in our election and sow mass discord. At the same time, there were convictions. And we know that there were many people in Ukraine who actually were in their individual capacity or in some other capacity, perhaps that didn't go all the way to the top, were trying to meddle. So that's all true. The president is completely correct here, I think, to to call him out for this. I mean, that that, that tweet obviously is just classic Trump, right? I mean, (laughs) mean, like, it's, it's, it's just Trump totally being Trump. Um, but Have
0: fun no, while you
2: laugh, yeah. current FBI director. <laughs> yeah, no, but it seems to me that two things can very clearly be true at once here, and that's just what's going on.
4: Yeah. Rob? And, and to, to, to further it, you know, he's in some hot water, right? The, the, the media is trying to paint the FBI was completely exonerated, even though there were the 51 or, or over, you know, really bad things that happened. What's not getting a lot of press, and I give uh, NBC credit for it, is NBC reported today that The inspector general said, so this whole FISA thing is really, really nuts. And we're going to see if like everybody else that's ever had a FISA warrant put on them, had their rights violated too." Mm. like like he's opening up a a big or part of it. Chris Chris Mm -hmm. Ray's not just in hot water for this. I mean, he's been at the FBI for a long time. The FBI is corrupt. The FBI has been corrupt for its entire existence. I mean, we have J. Edgar Hoover that was keeping files on political enemies. Mm-hmm, it has right. always been that that was when Christopher Ray said yesterday something about, you know, the brand of the FBI. This doesn't what what they're saying doesn't match the brand of the FBI. I'm like, you mean like J. Edgar Hoover? <laughs> I mean, this has been the brand since the beginning. The FBI works with, you know, works with mobsters and Durham is the guy that puts away FBI agents that work with mobsters that do these things that are outside the norm mm-hmm. and you know he may not have information on it but i'm pretty sure John Durham does
0: yeah it will be interesting to see what uh, what Durham comes up with
2: how rich is it also in that video chris ray is talking about the inform- like, be- being wary of your information the sources this is literally the same bureau that took the fusion gps steal dossier <laughs> and used it to spy on carter page okay mm-hmm. like so talk about be wary of the sources you're using and the information like you know, look and, seal who was a, what,
0: better, a closed dude. a closed contact. Yeah.
1: They, yeah. yeah, yeah, they actually got rid of him because they did not find him reliable, and still <laughs> took his information after that, uh, which is included in the report. Um, you know, and and I, it's one of those things too where I think the thing they're arguing for is actually worse than the alternative. I mean, you know, they're saying, well, it was not political bias. Well, if you kinda wish it was,
4: right? Yeah, it was like, gross it, incompetence. Yeah, right. Like, well, yeah, well I yeah, mean it worse.
1: I mean because like if it's political bias, okay, people are bending rules because they really mm-hmm. think this guy is a bad president or whatever else. That's a terrible, terrible outcome. A worse outcome is they just let this crap fly all the time. If they're doing this to, if they did this to Trump, uh, to a presidential candidate, imagine what they're doing to Joe Schmoe who has no power at all. I mean, it makes you doubt, you know, the FISA process has obviously had a lot of uh, critics and and sometimes some defenders, and there's some things you can understand why it's there and what it's trying to do, but if this is the way they're handling it, it's terrifying. It's everything that every, like, every one of your uh, libertarian friends has warned uh, about for all these years. I mean, it is a... That like this process, if this is routine, is a disaster, and they have to figure out a way to finish it, f- yeah. fix it.
0: Uh, House Democrats, this is a, so I want just want your snap judgment really quickly. Uh, House Democrats finally have reached an agreement with the Trump administration on moving forward with the USMCA trade agreement. So U.S., Mexico, and Canada trade agreement. I find it odd though. The announcement came what like ninety minutes after they. Uh, announced articles of impeachment and now they're like, oh, by the way, we would finally moving forward with this deal that we've been sitting on for like a whole year and not doing anything with uh, and saying President Trump is so bad on trade and all of these things and now all of a sudden we've come to an agreement. So... Your quick thoughts.
1: I mean, look, the, the USMCA is basically just an, a modernized uh, NAFTA, NAFTA? It's basically mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, the Democrats got a few extra things out of this to come to the table for a deal because they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't think it's going to change things up. Both sides will claim victory. And that's about yeah. it. Josh, you agree? Yeah. Huge
2: political victory for the president, honestly, on this mm-hmm. one. Arguably his biggest victory since the tax cuts. But
0: they've but they buried it.
2: <laughs> they buried it. The I
0: think that's what are, they just buried they it because everyone's talking about impeachment. No one's talking about the win for the president. Rob. Yeah. Check, last check,
4: word. Le- check the box. We yeah. Check the box. We got to get this straight thing done. Yeah, you know, would be a bunch of checking the boxes till the end of the year.
0: Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. Uh, Coming up in overtime. So, you know, that story that we just told you about uh, FBI director Chris Ray and uh, how he said, well, we just need to make sure that uh, we know where our sources are getting their information from and where these stories are predicated. Well, I have a little clip for you guys from uh, CNN that it may make your head explode. Oh, nice. I'm not sure. That is kind of my ultimate goal, is how many heads can I make explode? (laughs) If you guys have high blood pressure, take your blood pressure medication. Uh, You are not going to want to miss... The lack of self-awareness is just incredible. Also, Tulsi... Tulsi Gabbard will not attend the December debate, even if she qualifies. We'll get into that. And Pete Buttigieg advocates for over-the-counter abortion drugs. Fewer restrictions, even though the FDA is warning of health risks. But the Democrats are there for us. They're going to watch out for us when we can't watch out for ourselves. Got a lot coming up in overtime, and it starts right now. BlazeTV.com. Pete
1: got uh, brutalized in that Quinnipiac that.
4: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com.
0: As we discussed earlier, uh, FBI Director Chris Reich, sorry. Current FBI director Chris <laughs> Ray uh, responded to the IG report and, uh, you know, just said, no, there's no Ukrainian interference. Everyone needs to be careful, make sure that they know where they're actually getting all of their information from. And a uh, little panel on CNN it was what? Brian Stelter, Alison Camerota, and some dude that I don't know. But uh, they had some thoughts on what Chris Ray had to say. Watch. Here's the part that I think is interesting. Yeah. He says, I think it's important for the American people to be
2: thoughtful consumers of information. Right. Yes, of course it is. They have to use critical thinking. However, he's saying that it's going to be up to voters and the people to determine
0: the truth because we can't count on our leaders to give us the real information.
3: And that's at the
1: heart of the problem is digital age. And this is something that predates Trump and it's getting worse in the Trump years. We are expected now in this Facebook and Twitter world to go and figure out the truth ourselves. It's all been laid at our own hands. And that's incredibly empowering sometimes and democratizing. It's also incredibly difficult and incredibly stressful for tens of millions of people who don't know what to believe. And Ray is right, but unfortunately, as long as there's a president who's leading a misinformation campaign to confuse the public, we're going to have these problems, and, and people like Sean Hannity are a, are an outgrowth of that fundamental core problem. I'm glad Ray's is identifying it correctly, and it's incredible. He's basically saying, don't believe right-wing media. This is the Trump-appointed <laughs> FBI director saying, don't believe Trump's friends.
0: I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. It's about news literacy, and you have to know the difference between a real journalist, a real news program, and somebody who is just telling a story. hmm
1: Wow, that's, that's
0: incredible.
1: On the heels of, <sighs> of a report saying that Barack Obama you know, manipulated numbers in the war to mislead the public, when Ben Rhodes is saying he's got a collection of 27-year-olds that don't know anything about anything, that he can tell whatever he wants about what's going on with the Iran deal. I mean, you know, like they act as if you know the right wing is the only one who's ever been a victim of misinformation campaigns from a president. Uh, you have multiple stories from very recent history with Barack Obama. And, you know, this is just an effort, of course, to make them puff out their chest. We're the, we're the ones you can believe. Don't trust anything else. And I always thought that was a good part of, you know, Glenn's message throughout all the Fox years and, and, and on to today, which was, he you know, ch- challenges you. Look, mm-hmm. here's – I'm going to give you leads. This is what I believe. Go look at it. Go read the documents yourself. Here they are in my hands. I'm going to post them on the website. Go check them out. Read them for yourself. You know, don't trust me. Trust but verify, you know, like if you if you believe if you have a source that you believe is reliable, you don't just swallow everything they say. I mean, you should always question. That's natural. And it is empowering because it's it's human.
0: Yeah, Josh, it is uh, interesting to me. Brian Stelzer mentions, you know, well, you have you go on Twitter and you've got to find out these things because you you don't know if it's true. Seems to me like. The reason people do that is because they know that the news sources that they're getting their reporting from is not accurate and they need to go do some more digging on the on the Internet.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure to this day that's why the president has not deleted his Twitter app off his phone. Hold yeah. aside whether he should, but but, <laughs> but, but but his rationale in his own head is that he's got to speak directly to the people because he yeah. can't filter it through the fake news media. I mean, I don't think that there were enough words in the English dictionary to describe just the astounding lack of self-awareness <laughs> that was that it was, was so It is just remarkable. But just as one as, as one example, I mean, I'm old enough to remember, this was not that long ago. In 2014 during the most recent full scale Israel Hamas war. Vox.com wrote this piece talking about how there was a land bridge connecting JN Samaria, aka the West Bank, to the Gaza Strip. Um, someone who's been to Israel three times like it, it there is no language. like, like the, the, there it was literally like the fakest of all fake news and at the time Ezra Klein was running Vox I actually don't even know if he still is I think he is right mm-hmm. but he like he ended up apologizing for it publicly it was the most embarrassing fake news in the history of recent fake news and there was like a left wing Vox website so mm-hmm. this is not a one sided thing at all
4: yeah right but see he corrected it and as long as they correct it you know after the fact that's good journalism i mean that that's what they say i mean this is Tom Brokaw said basically the same thing, although Brokaw did say that you have the right. Like I don't think Brian Stelter thinks I have the right to have my own opinion. Mm -hmm. Besides, what CNN Brokaw was on with Jimmy Kimmel last night, uh, or no Colbert, and he was saying basic, like almost word for word, it's the social media age that's doing it. It's like it makes you think if there's something like a journalist or something that gives them talking points to use Mm -hmm. when they talk about this stuff. But I mean, this has been what. What this shows is they're upset that they are no longer the gatekeepers of information. The media has always lied. Mark Levin, our, our colleague here on Blaze TV, wrote a book about it this year called Unfreedom of the Press and went through the long history of the media lying to you. Walter Durante was an employee of the New York Times was basically a paid propagandist for the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union gave him... Better living accommodations, brought him to parties, gave him all kinds of things to say that the Soviet Union was a fine place. That happened. The New York Times basically helped the Nazis come to power by not showing the atrocities that happened in Europe. These are things that the media has always done. The reason people used to believe them is they had three sources and a couple of newspapers. They had ABC, CBS, NBC, that had a nightly newscast that supposedly had people you could trust, but still lied to you. Mm. And there were very few papers. They're afraid that other people can actually tell you what's going on. And it brings us back to you guys. Remember Nancy uh, Feinstein, right? Or Diane Feinstein mm. wanted to like have journalists. They said real journalists, right? They wanted to have journalists basically be licensed. Mm-hmm. By the like, like own. you can have all of these whistle, all these protections as long as we license you. But if you don't, then you won't have all these legal protections. These people in the media and in, and in Hollywood and in these elite things think that people that give you information should be licensed and only they should be able to give it to you. And that's exactly what they showed there. Yeah,
0: uh, Interesting thing to say at the same time that, you know, I was just reading CNN ratings are like at an all time low. Right. Uh, a very interesting time to tout your own uh, journalism
1: It's essentially their defense against the bad ratings, right? We have to have bad ratings because we, we're we telling the truth. And we, we're the only, only ones. We're the only ones who are giving it to people straight, <laughs> and they want to go get their own side's news over at uh, Fox News or MSNBC. We're doing it down the middle. No, you're not. I mean, they're, CNN is in many ways as bad as as MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time. Not every single person on there. By it's any more dangerous, though, because, because MSNBC, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's known as a left-wing right, organization. This is, uh, but I, I, you know, I think that is the reason why, p- partially, why people don't uh, watch. But that's their excuse, right? Like, it's like I'm, you know, look, I'm, I can't, I, I can't get a job because I just won't play the corporate game. It's like that idea, right? There's like this BS thing. I like, well, I'd say you know, I, I won't do it, so uh, they won't ever give me a raise. Because Fredo like, Cuomo is not right. playing the corporate game.
2: Right. Yeah.
4: yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh,
1: give me a break.
0: Uh, all right, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, switch to 2020. He wants. Over-the-counter abortion drugs, fewer restrictions. So he is saying that uh, he—I don't know—I don't even know how to pronounce it. Mifepristone. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it, it is actually, its is actually—it's the pill that you take that terminates your early, very early pregnancy, and uh, I guess you pass uh, all of the fetal tissue through. And um, apparently, there is a risk of serious complications associated with this particular drug. judge says no. The drug should be available to patients over the counter, and um, this particular program that requires healthcare providers to uh, let all of these patients know um, that there are risks and make sure that these are taken in certain healthcare settings where it's safe. He says, "Yeah, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We should just make it available, readily available. Abortion on demand, abortion for everyone. Yay! Let's celebrate." Um, Stu, I think that this might help him in his field.
1: What do you think? Uh, in, in the de- Democratic field? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's more than one or two candidates that would oppose it. I mean, I don't think he's separating himself in any way. It's a very standard, I would say, left-wing position, though it's not the standard American position. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, see, we hear a lot of this, there's kind of a split between pro-life and pro-choice. But when you really look at the polling, what you see is Americans overwhelmingly want abortion laws to be more strict than they are today. Um, that doesn't mean that they want it. Uh, they don't want necessarily the Blaze version or the Daily Wire version of what abortion laws should be, but they do want it more restrictive than it is today. They don't want it as easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the left wing primary—you get it. You're going in there like you could see them all running to the last second before birth to see who can go as close or maybe beyond that um, to, to make abortion legal. But that's not where the American people are. Mm-hmm. These sorts of positions, while I think you know morally abhorrent in many ways, um, also uh, are not. A good idea to win a general election, um, you know, especially with a, with a with an issue like that, when you're talking about life and death, you know, what what happens with with a, with a over-the-counter uh, abortion drug? It's you know. You know, look, a 20, you know, someone in their 20s or 30s is going to be able to find is going to be able to they might drive a little bit to get an abortion. They might have to do this or that to, to get over a couple minor humps in this country, which laws are much more uh, left on abortion than Europe is. However, like an over-accounted uh, abortion drug, that's going to be going to 14 year olds. That's going to be going to children mm-hmm. often because it's going to be easy to acquire um, and it's going to be the, the way that they do these things. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of negatives on that. And I, I don't think that's where the American people are.
0: Josh, do you agree? Because let me ask you just to kind of uh, tie into what he said. If the American people are not there, how do you as a Democrat, how do you vote for someone who says stuff like this? Do you, is it just it's not it's not on their priorities it's right, pro- like they don't agree with it, but it's yeah. not at a high level of priorities, so they're just going to go along with it so anyway. So polling
2: for decades now shows that there are more single-issue pro-lifers than single-issue pro-choicers, mm-hmm. I think, for this very clear reason. Mm-hmm. is If you're pro-life, you literally view this as as genocide, as mass yeah. murder. So like, how can that not be the the, the defining <laughs> right. issue of, of, your, deal, yeah. of your political spectrum? Um, but for those in the left oftentimes don't view it that way. I want to make actually a slightly different point, though, which is, if he had only been sticking with not abortifacients, but like regular birth control, I would actually agree with him. I mean, Bobby Jindal wrote this wrote this Wall Street Journal op-ed after the 2012 election when Romney got crushed, basically saying that the way to solve the politicization of birth control is to make birth control over the counter. Mm-hmm. But there obviously is a, is a line between birth control and abortifacients, This was the line that, the uh, the Oklahoma City-based evangelical family, the Green family, who owns Hobby Lobby, they took that line. That was the entire purpose of the Hobby Lobby litigation mm-hmm. where they ended up winning the Supreme Court. So there is an obvious line between pre-fertilization birth control and post-fertilization abortifacients. If only our friends on the left could stick to that line, I think they would find a lot of allies on the right. But right. Uh, nope, that's not what they do. They kind of they gotta go the whole way.
4: Yeah. Rob let's just look at this as like an an abuse of this, right? I mean, because there's gonna be no guy in his twenties whose like girlfriend tells him that he's pregnant that's not gonna like crush it up and put it in a drink, right? <laughs> I mean like this. Oh, stuff, I have a little more faith in guys yeah. in their twenties. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean like this oh, is never. I mean, the, the whole thing is like my body, my choice, and you're opening up something that that's this serious <laughs> outside of a real medical practice this is going to go horribly wrong
0: well i also find it interesting you know they're supposed to be the party of we care about women and we're all for women's health but it seems like they would be that's pretty risky to say this is a drug that belongs in the category of you know risk evaluation and management therefore it needs to be done in certain healthcare settings but we're just going to totally turn that on its head and Eh, just roll the dice, see what happens. I think,
4: I think some of it is like you can bleed out. Like, yeah. like, like that's yeah. some of the yeah. stuff. Like if you take this in an uncontrolled setting, you can wake up tomorrow and be dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's what probably because of how it works and how it flushes the system mm-hmm. out. And I hate to call it the system, but that's, you know, how it flushes it yeah. out. That's, it is a reproductive system. Yeah, Rob. exactly. I can mm-hmm. say system. Okay, yeah, cool. You can. All fine. right.
1: Just okay. <laughs> Guys, I don't, don't like talking about girl parts. It's weird I know. to us. We don't know how to
4: say things. I, yeah, so, yeah, I know. I'm very tempted to have to have girl parts. though. I'm just letting I'm very you know. I'm very tempted Thank to you. make it really I'm just awkward. letting you, Thank you see you were so <laughs> ridiculous. No, I'm battling <laughs>
2: transphobia one show at a time.
0: In that same vein, while we're on the, the subject of abortion, earlier this week, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected a challenge to a 2017 pro-life law in Kentucky requiring doctors to perform ultrasounds and play the sound of the baby's heartbeat to women seeking abortion. So big win for pro-lifers in the sense that they just said we're not even going to listen to this case. Um, so it, it, it can move forward. Josh, you're our legal buff. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that there were no recorded dissents uh, shows that this uh, was clearly a very straightforward law to not have did not violate any statutes or the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They claimed there was a First Amendment challenge that was frivolous. It was nuts. Um, but, yeah, the fact there's literally no dissent from, like, recorded – I mean, th- th- that doesn't mean that no justices disagree with it, but the fact that no one took the effort to right, write to a write blistering it. recording dissent. Um, something like abortion, you would assume, automatically gets, like, a Sotomayor or a Ginsburg kind mm-hmm. of dissent, but nothing like that. So good for Kentucky, good for outgoing Governor Bevan and the fine folks of the horse racing state, I guess.
0: So. <laughs>
1: I, let me at least question this a, a, a little bit, yeah. um, just on the idea of because I I'm I support the law. I think it's a good idea. Anything that you can give people additional information, I think is good. Um, their their First Amendment uh, challenge was a little more interesting than me. And you know, you might know. I'm sure you know a lot more than this. But like the I was very much on the side um, of the conservative justices that in the case that happened last year, where they said that ab- abortion facilities, um, are, that they wanted to put. Uh, pro-abortion availability post notices that you could get an abortion, in essentially, in they, California. Yeah. And and I thought correctly, they could not uh, force uh, a religious institution to put up an abortion um, uh, poster, essentially. Go get one. They're two for one today. Um, and I thought a little bit is, you know, there's a part of the law that actually seems to make doctors say f- specific things. Oh. And their kind of challenge to that was, I thought, at least a little interesting in that, like, it's one thing to say, like, okay, here's a list of information that has to be handed out. Another thing to actually force a doctor to say something they don't believe. To me, there was a little bit of a potential for First Amendment. I don't know if, if they, you know, if it's the exact right case. But I think it's, it's smart to say, okay, here is, here's the information. You know, showing someone an ultrasound, like making sure that sort of stuff is, is I think, totally above board. But, like, the way they had it, t- they talked about it is, like, basically the doctor would have to narrate what's going on and give this, 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 and this information. You know, there is a weird line there. It might have been a very poorly phrased statute, honestly. I yeah. mean, like, mm-hmm. a, lot,
2: a lot of these, like, state-level, like, anti-BDS laws in the Israel context, like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them kind of teeter on the fence of First Amendment violation. It, it, it just depends yeah. how it's drafted, honestly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. All I heard from Stu is that he's super
0: (laughs) pro-choice against
2: against pro-life laws. That's what I'm known
0: as. (laughs) That's me. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard (laughs) will not be attending the December debate, even if she qualifies. She says that she will be meeting with voters in New Hampshire and South Carolina instead of going to the debates. This, of course, comes after, you know, she's kind of threatened to boycott the debates that she has qualified for, Um, has not done that yet. She, again, has not yet qualified for the debate. She needs one more poll giving her four percent or uh, some more support. I don't do you think this is really her saying I'm I'm actually boycotting and I'm going to go meet with voters. Or is this like kind of CYA? I don't think I'm going to qualify. And this is a better look. <laughs> this is better optics uh, to just be like, oh, I wasn't going to go anyway. So there
1: <laughs> maybe I mean, I, she has obviously questioned this. And I think she is upset at the process, I think fairly so. And that yeah. like they haven't co- counted a lot of polls she's done well on and they have counted the ones um, that she hasn't. Uh, after right after she announced this another poll came out and she missed the deadline i think she got three percent she missed by one point mm. which would have qualified her she's close enough that i think this is real with her i don't know that it's a great strategy yeah. i mean people still don't know who she is um so getting in front of people is 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 uh, i think a positive for tulsi gabbard at this point plus she happens to offer one of the only one or two perspectives that's really any different and i think yeah. like it would be beneficial for her voice to be heard in that debate even though i disagree with her on basically every single policy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at this point, you're probably been running for president for so long, you feel the need to sort of switch it up and mm-hmm. try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's the that's the tact here. And she does cover herself as well. Yeah. if She doesn't make it. I, I don't know. I think if I'm her, though, I, I certainly would be advising her to, to go if she made it. You know, you got a chance to get in front of millions of people. You should do it.
0: Yeah, Josh, yeah, I agree. think Tulsi
1: Gabbard at this point is pretty clearly not running for president. She's running for a cabinet position. Yeah. yeah. The Secretary of Defense under Biden is my, my call on that one. I, I feel <laughs> well, That is a genuinely harrowing prospect. Yes. For, uh, <laughs> because uh, she's uh, not who I want as Secretary
2: no, of Defense by any Wow. Means. Yeah. Bashar Assad apologists Secretary yes. of Defense. But um, yeah. no, I mean, she's I think she's just she's trying to get headlines, honestly, is what she's trying to do. She will. She's bluffing. If she qualifies, she'll be there.
4: You think? Oh. I, I think so. I think okay. So she'll
1: change it around last minute. Yeah, probably, probably.
2: Rob,
4: what you, do you, you think? You said millions of people. I think she might be able to meet more people in <laughs> South Carolina or in New Hampshire knocking on Doors and, and then watch holding the events than watch the actual debates. Because, I mean, in 2016, I think the only reason we all watched the Republican debates is because we had to, because it was our job. I mean, who actually watches these things?
1: I do think, though, you get, though, like her moment against Kamala yeah. Harris went viral. She it got did. a lot of attention it about really that. Did. I mean, like, there's always that potential. You're right. I mean, like, it's still not a huge audience, but it's a lot bigger than you're going to get in a diner in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think that yeah, she, she's not really running for president anymore. She's, uh, you know, uh, I think the fact that she gives a different perspective at least makes her mildly interesting, which is so hard with this field. They're such dullards. I mean, it is just a group of dullards, and it's hard to focus on them. I mean, this is a bad field. Mm -hmm. This is a bad—like, their top three are in some ways really unelectable, right? Like, I mean, Bernie Sanders, what? Elizabeth Warren is terrible. And Joe Biden, you could argue, maybe in 1988 was a decent (laughs) candidate when he was doing all the plagiarism. He should have kept with that. The The guy could barely speak. I, like, I mean, Buttigieg is the first guy on that field where you could say, OK, like you could at least see some potential in he's him." Smart. He's smart. Yeah, he's yeah. a smart guy. Like he he seems to understand a, a lot about the world. He's well spoken. You know, you have the Klobuchar's and I don't know if some people like Cory Booker, although I don't understand it. But the top half of that field is a disaster. And, and it's why everyone's like, well, how about Hillary? What about Oprah? What about <laughs> Michelle Obama? They'll take anybody. The field sucks. Uh,
0: yesterday's poll what is more destructive to society the options were feminism or socialism 84% of you said socialism 16% of you said feminism for those of you who can't math today's poll uh what do you want for Christmas this is such a troll what do you want for Christmas impeach Donald Trump which if you're watching on blaze tv is is Spelled very weirdly. I think that's a troll move by our social media team. Great job. Uh, Four more years. $120,000 banana or world peace? How do you not go with World Peace? How do you not
1: go with World Peace? I don't understand. I mean, I, I mean, like bananas, no, but...
0: Not I'm not paying $120,000 for a banana. I'll just go to the store
2: and world buy
1: one for... Dude, someone these-
2: actually eat the banana and then have to replace it at the end. Yeah. Of yeah
1: they,
0: and then someone wrote e- Epstein,
4: Epstein didn't, didn't kill, kill himself. It's <laughs> <laughs> guy from Boston, of course. Next
1: time Glenn is here, you got to bring him into overtime to give for him to give you his theory on why the entire thing was performance art from beginning to end. It's the banana it's fascinating, yes. or Epstein. <laughs> Probably Epstein too, but no. The, the banana thing and on the eating Stop. it and the Epstein thing. Like there's a whole series of events. He laid it out for me. Like wow, that's not, I'm, in. I'm in. I'm in. I want a back chalkboard about it.
2: I do too. <laughs> I do Beck too.
1: Yes, I
0: do it's too. Fascinating. Uh, let us know what you think. What you want for Christmas?
4: Come on, you gotta say world peace. What the banana? How many can you not say world it's peace? giving. You're giving me the banana, and then I can flip it for like 240. Oh, my God. I gosh. want the banana so I can flip it. I like this logic. All right? I don't want the banana because I want to eat it. I want the ba- banana so I can you flip it. you got to flip it really quick because bananas expire very quickly, yeah. Rob. Yeah, we can so. You don't actually
1: right. double your profits on bananas. No, someday, I don't. So.
4: I, but if it's performance art, I mean... <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I've, it's been fun having you on your last time on the show, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think. You can go to Blaze's Twitter. Thanks, guys, for being here. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: I'll make a prediction. I bet four more years wins. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, right. Peace. oh yeah. Yes. I Absolutely. mean, it's the Internet. It's just they can't. No one's going to answer.
4: Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at BlazeTV.com.